Yeah, I'll put my eye to the eyepiece. You first see is a blurry blue circle as we know it today mm. is a planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Harold, yes. Uh, um, he goes through his papers. Uh, here. And he hands you a... I'm sorry, dust it off. There's a, At the end of this month, there's a meeting of the Astronomy Society. And I think... I think... If we can if we can finish up our paper, it would be the perfect time to present it. And now we continue. up with our academic adventurers a couple weeks after we last saw them. Potentia and Meredith had a lovely evening with their author friend and uh, Nimian, her, her son. But it's been a couple weeks now, so Potentia, mm-hmm. what have you been up to for the past couple weeks? Um, I feel like she has reorganized her apartment and not really, again, not really gone out and done a huge amount, um, sort of more focused on home space versus study space, mm-hmm. just sort of plowing along, trying to make sure Ren doesn't kill himself in books. Fair enough. Uh, so... I guess there are some questions. Have you re-summoned your familiar? Uh, I think given how long it's been, yeah, she, ha- she has. Um, but it's not hanging around. It's been re-summoned and then dismissed to its little pocket. And okay. for the time being. Have you replied to that letter your brother sent you, which is nope. over nope. a month now? No. Um, she's done that thing that every time she goes to sit down to respond to it, knowing full well because of the kind of person she is that she needs to respond to it, she doesn't have anything to write. Okay. You receive a raven from Professor Kegstone inviting you to attend an upcoming astronomy conference so that you can offer support for himself and Harold's presentation about the planets and if necessary offer your testimonial as evidence that you saw something that wasn't a star I mean she she, she sort of reads it 
and knows for well she has to go because if a professor is asking her to go to a thing, she's she's going to go to it. But is a little unsure that she has anything to contribute from a testimonial point of view because didn't really look through the telescope and look at the thing, so she's not really sure what she has to give to this second half of the mm -hmm. message. Well, with that letter received, is there anything else you do before we, we jump ahead? Does she receive it at her office or at home? Uh, the, if you're spending time at home, the raven would find you at home. Well, she, go, she goes to both. She go, still goes into her office okay. to do stuff, so that's why um, I'm asking. Well, it probably would have come to you during office hours. So during, while like, you're in the your little office uh, space. In which case, she just quickly scrolls back a little note in response that just says, uh, noted will see you, noted will attend as requested. Okay. Let's move to Meredith. Hello. What have you been up to these past couple of weeks, Meredith? Um, I think Meredith has been enjoying some solid reading time with no adventures um, and is working on her literature review. So that involves going through all of the um, readings that she's been assigned, um, looking at all of the references on all of those readings and kind of... Um, going back and forth between different things to try and figure out a direction for her research. Um, and she's kind of homing in on a, a research question, which is really exciting because that means that she can get started on her ethics application and, and figuring out how she's going to do the experiments, um, which is very cool. So she's been spending a couple of weeks kind of absorbed in that. Mm -hmm. um, and really focused and just like in her room, just reading and covered in like scrolls and books and things. So um, you'll often see her like um, going between Griffin Hall with like, you know, massive stacks of books that cover her face um, and the library and like and backwards and forwards. Um, yeah, but she's also been hanging out with some people um, after work and that kind of thing as well. Okay. So. So you live in a college dorm, basically. Yes, I do. What's an activity? But the graduate version of that. Yeah, the graduate <laughs> version. What's an activity yeah. that you've been partaking in, in this college dorm? Have you been joining in with the band? Have you gone to like a board game night? What What has Meredith been doing to do a little socializing? I think she's involved in whatever's going on, really. Like if there's anything kind of on the bulletin board that gets advertised she's like oh yeah i'll go oh there's a little scavenger hunt happening yeah, yeah okay all right i'm in yeah pretty much we're, we're putting clothes pegs on people's shirts count yeah. me in <laughs> brilliant <laughs> i think though in graduate halls um less of that kind of thing happens yeah, yeah um i think it's more like going out for drinks at pubs and stuff board game night board yeah. game night cheese cheese yeah. and cracker night chilling um yeah just chatting okay that kind of thing hanging out with Haldora. Yep. Has has Meredith and Haldora's relationship improved? Considering you basically only know her as an acquaintance, you, the fact that you live in the same building was yeah. a surprise for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, I think she's gradually getting to know her neighbours. While you're studying one day, whether in the library or... Yeah, in, in, the, in the library, mm -hmm. you receive a raven. Amazing. And much uh, the same as the one for Potentia, it invites you 
to this astronomy conference to offer support for Professor Kegstone and Harold mm-hmm. and as if needed provide testimonial. How does Meredith feel about this invitation? Oh, she's in. She's very excited to go and support her friends. Let's move to Harold. Harold, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but what has Harold been doing these past couple of weeks? <laughs> yeah, so Harold's just been mostly like focusing on getting all the data in a way that's like presentable. I think anyone who who's done science will know that feeling of like having data is one thing, but actually making it mm-hmm. understandable and persuasive to someone else is like a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually takes a lot more effort than you might think to like create a good presentation that's like in depth enough for people to understand, but not so in depth that you're going to lose them along the way. So um, that's been Harold's focus, I think, for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. And you've been having regular meetings with Professor Kegstone to yeah. refine that presentation. He's taking the lead on this presentation. Yeah. Um, and you're there to offer support and advice uh, on little things that you've been working on. So he's probably assigned you like, okay, I need you to make this sketch bigger or yeah. you know, take these, these measurements we made and extrapolate them over a larger time period or, or you know, those kinds of things that he he needs done but doesn't have the time himself to do is that the only thing harold's been doing have you been doing any fun stuff is it just been the past couple weeks i just don't think he's had time yeah i think he's probably just yeah just really been focusing on getting it done and um yeah like i suppose like it's possible he got in some monster battles with the the card game um society you know, mm-hmm. on, an, on, a, on a night or two. But apart from that, he was probably pretty focused. Yep. And then as he's sitting at home working on the, the presentation, just like a pile of cards off to the side and occasionally thinking, what if I do, what if I mix, what if I try that instead? Yeah. No, wait, no, I can't focus on that. I need to do this. The astronomy conference at Ferramastis held in a large auditorium space where a number of students have presentations uh, in some of the lecture halls, but also there's just a whole room of people with posters on boards. There's a large room where students are standing in front of poster versions of presentations, uh, presenting to anybody who will spend any amount of time in front of them. (laughs) Can I just say, right... Nothing in my entire academic life in, t- in school and in, um, at university prepared me for the fact that professional, a part of your professional academic life is going to be bit more like making posters, like the kind yep. that you made in like primary school, right? It's. I love that I did an entire unit on it in it's my uh, grad dip. A whole unit yeah. basically on poster making. Yeah. That's interesting. Because right. like during my undergrad, I made several posters like as assignments. I mean like it explicitly like the major big project endpoint was make the poster. It's, yeah. it's how to how to compress your entire research into yes. an, like an A3 size oh, piece of more paper. More than that. Yeah. It's like A0, I think is the Yeah. The that's the size. Size. A1, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but I I remember like cutting out bits and pieces of paper to like to get an idea of layout, and I was like, I did this in year five. <laughs> but I love telling it in year five. It's yeah. true, but I love telling kids now in my job. I'm just like, hey, you know how you make posters for assignments? I did that as an academic, as a you know, as my big girl job. <laughs> like, my and they kind of look at you and they're like, what? Posters, sorry. Yeah. I'm like, you still do that. It's a thing. You roll yeah. it up and you put it in a hard Learn case. Learn to cut you... in straight lines, kids. Yeah. It's important <laughs> yeah. to your academic life. Pretty much. Or just learn how to do like a lot of Photoshop in design. Yeah, um, I think I use nah, Publisher. PowerPoint. I think I use Publisher for mine. But yeah, same, same. Okay. It's so, uh, funny. so, Harold, you, how are you feeling as you approach this this conference i think against all odds um harold has rolled several natural 20s in his academic progress roles that i do um which is yeah considering how much uh, extracurricular activities he's done is um a miracle so i think he's actually feeling pretty prepared <laughs> like he's maybe something just clicked in his head about like obviously being a like a celestial you know, star circle druid. Maybe this, the universe just makes sense to him in a way that's like almost supernatural, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, and, and I, maybe just because of that, he, he sort of really thinks he's got a grasp on what's going on. And, um, obviously Harold's secret skill is that he's actually quite charismatic. Uh, you know, like he's, he's got, um, like above average charisma. So, and he's quite persuasive. So I think he'd be feeling somewhat confident about the whole thing. Although obviously in the back of his head, knowing that, um, you know, a a big metal automaton tried to sort of stop the knowledge from leaving the mountain. I think that would be in the back of his mind a little. Mm -hmm. But how do you feel about Professor Kegstone's uh, plan to have the presentation titled something different and then swap it at the last minute? Do you think that's going to work? I think that that's that's an interesting play. I feel like it's one of those things where, um, you know, anyone anyone who studied the history of science will know how incredibly uh, sort of weirdly a priori a lot of science was back in the day. It was like once once someone came up with a a, a sort of a theory or a model, it was like that was just assumed to be it, and like challenging models yeah. really has only become a large part of science in the past sort of 60 years. Like the the pace of science has increased so much that we kind of have to accept new paradigms a lot more easily now. Whereas in the past, it was sort of assumed that once someone had, quote, figured it out, that that was the answer and that nothing else need be done. So, yeah, I think I can see why trying to sneak it in, you know, like, like there, there is there would definitely be things in the past where someone like Copernicus, for instance, just wouldn't have even been allowed to start talking about his ideas, you know, if we were to make a, a comparison. Um. Mm-hmm. So as you're standing in this large auditorium hall uh, with your peers presenting their research, is there anything that Harold is particularly drawn to? Any, any aspect of uh, stellar observation that he's particularly interested in? I mean, I think actually for Harold, you know, he had that um, encounter with the the, the, the very bright, um, the bright sort of light. So I, I think Harold would be quite interested in 
particularly bright celestial objects because they probably for him actually are used like that would be useful information to have on multiple levels okay um give me an investigation roll okay not the greatest investigation but uh 18 18 um you you wander the halls for a bit uh, looking at people's presentations, hearing hearing what they have to say. And there's one that, that catches your uh, interest. Sort of in one of the, the, the middle rooms in the hall. Somebody's doing a, a poster presentation uh, about like the history of these transient stars. Mm-hmm. These stars that pop into existence briefly for a period of of months to years and then disappear entirely, which is it's mostly historical. Mm. Like they've pulled together a lot of um, historical evidence about the existence of these things because not that many people have seen them, and uh, their observations were often just. Uh, there's a whole section in the poster about how they were uh, often just given as, as signs of danger or the gods' displeasure or some kind of non-scientific understanding of what they were. Mm. And uh, as I've said previously, the stars have only in the past a uh, couple hundred years settled into a, a position that allowed them to be studied again. Yeah. Um, so trying to match historical records with current observations has been tricky. But this person, um, who their name is uh, Vathar, V-A-T-H-A-R, they are, you know, they're, they're, that's what their PhD is on. Um, they're an elf and they've been studying the stars for... Because uh, I, I imagine you could probably get into a bit of a conversation. Mm. Um, they'll tell you, you know, they're studying the stars for a couple hundred years mm-hmm. and they've never themselves witnessed one of these, um, but they hope to. Hey, Ross here. Thank you, as always, for checking out the podcast and our return, of course, to the main storyline. I'm not going to hold you up all too much this week as we have a lot going on and a lot more story to tell. But don't forget that several of the members of our cast will be taking part in the Jasper's Game Week Aussie edition, a great initiative where some of our players will be playing live on Twitch, all in aid of um, charity and various things to do with mental health and suicide prevention, which I think we can all agree is an excellent cause. We will be back again next week. That's the 19th of May with another episode of this arc. And as always, please do not forget to be kind to each other. Interesting. I wonder if I relay my story to them of like what happened um, with the sword and the the star beam that <laughs> broke my roof. Because the, that star is still 
it's still visible for mm. you. Um, perhaps they haven't noticed yet. Mm. Um, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of stars in the sky, so to spot one that's new can be tricky. It's like needle in a haystack sometimes. Yeah. Um, I probably don't go quite as far as showing them my constellation orb. Just because I think a lot of a lot of academics would kill to have something that is a perfectly accurate representation of the sky. Mm-hmm. Like I could find the star easily using my constellation sphere, right? Because it appeared on my sphere mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I, I think I'll keep that uh, somewhat guarded during the the conference. Okay. Uh, so you you wander away from Vathar to look at some of the other presentations and you spot uh, in the kind of entrance area of the conference Potentia and Meredith. So Potentia and Meredith, you've both arrived at roughly the same time, kind of before the presentation, but haven't made your way into the conference entirely. How are you both feeling about this this place full of all these people studying things that you know nothing about apart from just a general understanding about there, there are stars up there I've seen them mm-hmm. I think Meredith is feeling pretty excited about it um, as she's like you can kind of see that she's bouncing up and down on the, the balls of her feet um, doing that like nervous energy sort of thing so she's excited but she's also a little bit nervous because I think this will this will be the first big city conference that she's been to. Potentia's definitely been to places where there are large numbers of academics studying things that she doesn't know anything about. So I don't know that she's particularly uncomfortable with respect to the kind of place that it is, but I don't know that she's particularly comfortable with the idea of having been asked to come to something where she doesn't really know why, mm. like what she's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Harold. Now, Professor Kegstone, he mentioned that he was inviting Potentia and and Meredith. Mm. But it's been a couple of weeks since you've seen either of them. Um, and your last interaction with Potentia was a little chilly. Mm-hmm. Just a little. How do you approach the situation? Do you just walk straight up to them? Um, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I probably just walk up and say, "Ah, oh, I, I heard Kegstone was uh, trying to drag you along to this. I wasn't sure if you'd come or not." I, Harold. Hello. Oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. And Meredith gives oh, him a big hug. I know. Oh yes, it's um, it feels so good to be out of the house. Uh, Tell me about it. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for the invite. This is so exciting. Well, uh, don't get too excited. I, 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 I rather fear that the reason that Kickstone brought you here is that uh, our results may be a little contentious and he probably wants somebody who can uh, back up our observations, uh, you know, from the telescope. Are you kidding me? There's going to be a whole bunch of academics having an academic fight? This is fantastic. Yes. Well, I mean, 
Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I just, I think you we're going You got this, to... Harold, honestly. Like, you know so much. You've studied so hard for this. You'll be fine. Yes. I, I mean, you know, Cakestone, uh, you know, he's not, it's not like this is entirely out of the blue. I, I'm pretty sure he's brought up his, you know, his hypotheses before, but this is the first time we have any actual evidence, so. Exactly. You've got evidence. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, the problem is, Meredith, you know, academics, they're so cranky you know they're a bit stuffy sometimes hey yes and um oh uh i I don't know we'll see i honestly i i I think we may uh we may sort of plant a seed today uh i think it's going to take more observations to 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 fully sort of expect people to uh, you know accept the theory but that that's okay you know uh have to be rigorous and all that so absolutely no, honestly, you got this. And we're Potent- here. We're going to back you up. Potentious just watched this conversation unroll in front of her because unroll is the only way that it, it seems to fit in her brain. Uh, and then Meredith says, we, and she just sort of looks at her being like, oh, oh we, we, yes, we, we, but not, no verbals. Just that like look of like, uh, uh, uh yes, good, yes, yeah, we. Good. Yes, you've been included in this in this statement as well. Have now. <laughs> Someone has spoken on my behalf. Okay. <laughs> so Meredith's, uh, you know, keen and excited and uh, as bubbly and energetic as ever. Harold, when you like, is there a moment when you and Potential looked at each other? Of, like. I mean, I would have looked around at both of them while I was talking. You know, I was addressing the group. Mm. I wasn't addressing mm-hmm. Meredith in particular. Okay. Even if I was answering Meredith's questions, like it's that thing where you know, someone yeah. like stops, sparks yeah. up a conversation, but you're talking to everyone. Okay. Like Harold doesn't really hold a grudge. Like he's just gonna carry on as normal, basically. Um, it's his his general deal. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I'm getting very like keep calm and carry on vibes right now. <laughs> Harold in a shirt. <laughs> um, keep calm and cast guiding bolt. Yeah. <laughs> oh Ben, just uh, uh, mechanically, could you let me know if Kegstone has to roll a persuasion check? Mm-hmm. I know normally that would be a secret thing, but I have an ability that specifically I need to know, basically. Okay. Okay. Tell me before you roll it, though. It's not about the result, if that makes sense. I need to know before you roll. Interesting. You've, you've been standing here in the, the entranceway to the, the conference, and you notice the time uh, for the presentation is coming up. Harold, you've been here for a bit now, so you know where which way to go. Yep. Uh, so I imagine you lead the way. Yeah, um, I'll just say. Oh, I can see. Um, I think the the time is arriving. Uh, I need to get my uh, illustrations ready. Uh, I suppose the two of you can just um, sit in the audience. I I honestly don't fully know Kegstone's plan. I suppose he's hoping he won't have to call on you, but uh, it it may come to that. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Potentially, just sort of nods and sort of tries like looks around as though to be like where do we need to go to because you know where you're, you're going we don't know necessarily where they're yeah and harold would just sort of lead lead just lead in the, that direction so you lead them to one of the uh, side auditoriums one of the side like lecture halls 
not this is not the the main lecture theater this is one of the smaller ones off to the side and the presentation which kegstone has put together as the 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 decoy one is is just are there clouds in space <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the room is 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 uh, filling with some people who are interested in about potentially there being clouds in space yes uh, uh he's and harold um give me an insight roll insight uh 10 okay you you've never seen professor kegstone uh in this situation he's dressed um very nicely mm. um this isn't like this is uh like academic chic yeah yeah what's kegstone's title professor kegstone so he's a professor he's not yep. an emeritus professor no, he's a professor. Okay, so he's going to be wearing shirt and trousers, right? Like not Hawaiian shirt and shorts. <laughs> no, 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 not Hawaiian uh, shirts. Sandals and socks. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, he's every, an astronomer, not a not a not a mathematician. He every academic shoes. listening to this podcast is just gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't mathematicians wear shoes? What is it? Anyway, they do, question. but only if it's raining, and only yeah. then maybe. If you're lucky. You're lucky anyway. Uh, um, so he's he's got like a, a nice shirt. He's got a vest. He's wearing like slacks. He's dressed as nicely as he can. Um, but, you know, this isn't like a wedding formal. This is like work formal. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's no tie on the Hawaiian shirt. And you can see, Harold, that he's... Sweating more than the weather would uh, describe. Mm. How, how how far away are we from getting on stage? Uh, so he's currently standing off to the side with a number of like mortar boards and and yep. uh, presentation things, uh, and he's currently dabbing his head with a handkerchief. Mm-hmm. And um, how how long is the presentation expected to be? Uh, the presentation is expected to be about uh, 15 to 20 minutes with time for questions. Okay. So what I'll do, like seeing um, seeing his obvious like nervousness, um, I will... Um, I'll just touch his arm and say, uh, look, we, we have the evidence. Uh, I think it's... You know, it's about as persuasive as we can get. Uh, you know, just you just have to relax and and just you know follow follow the follow the evidence through. And I will cast enhance ability on him, so he has advantage on all charisma checks for the next hour. And nice. incidentally, he receives eight temporary hit points. Okay. <laughs> the incidental hit points. <laughs> Ah, thank you, Harold. I don't know if you've been to many of these conferences, um, but certain uh, contentious issues in the past, uh, they've, well, they've caused quite an uproar. Now, I, I want to steady you here and lay down a few ground rules. We are professionals. We are academics. No weapons in case a brawl breaks out. 
it wouldn't be proper. <laughs> Magic only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> now I'm going to get you to p- they'll put this this sign up covering the one I've got out there about our real presentation. Um, yeah. We'll be starting soon, so probably now is a good enough time as any. And he hands you uh, a sign to put over the the decoy. Cool. Yep, I'll uh, I'll do that. What's the the title that you and Professor Cakestone have come up with for this presentation? Oh, for the the real one. The real one. Something about the truth about wandering stars. Probably um, rethinking wandering stars, a solar <laughs> model of uh, planetary orbit. Nice. Uh, so you place that outside, and as your uh, standing um, off to the side of the the podium the presentation area you're starting to put like you know you and Kexon are putting up the the presentation slides and things they're currently covered you begin to hear this this murmur happening outside the door and then people start walking in and filling the, the, the chairs there was already a few people in here um, keen stellar cloud enthusiasts mm. <laughs> uh, but these people seem to be here for the true presentation these ones walking in now are we are we pre-galaxy like would people be calling galaxies nebulas still or or whatever at this point like or like cosmic clouds yeah 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 um, so there would be galactic disc that you would see, which we call the Milky Way, um, would not be known necessarily as a like as the galaxy yet. Yeah, it would still be like space clouds. And... I mean, it took us till 1915 to make that discovery. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, took a long time. Mm. Uh, so these people are walking in, and I will describe them as slightly rowdy compared to the other academics who are already here. Mm-hmm. And you see some some of them walking in. They've got like little bags of popcorn as well. Amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and you, you're beginning to get the impression that maybe your supervisor has a reputation that you weren't fully mm. aware of <laughs> outside of this crowd of people and uh give me a uh, your, your perception's just so good you don't need to roll this you just over here mm. um a few people in the crowd murmuring ah oh, keg's going keg's got another one yeah. can't wait to, can't wait to hear what this one's about stellar model what's he on about um meredith potential you're in the audience mm-hmm. uh how you feeling about the the shift in vibe. <laughs> I think Meredith's mo- Meredith is mostly confused. Um, she kind of turns to Potentia and is like, this seems a lot more controversial than I thought. New discoveries are always controversial when they go against what people have thought before. Yeah, but I'm definitely getting a bit of a weird vibe. Is that just me? Can Potentia take the temperature, like, Take the temperature of the room is the way that I would put it, but like... Do a vibe check. Do a vibe check. I don't know how you yeah. want me to roll a vibe check, but should do a vibe uh, check? Probably. Yeah, I'm do like, an insight. Ew, why? 
That's not my good stat. Like, fine, but... Oh, uh, dirty 20. Never mind. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> She's sus of people today. Mm. There are people up in the, the back rows who seem to be here um, for like a... Sh like the same kind of audience you would expect to find in uh, like a gladiator arena or like the back like the back seats of a, a comedy show like the kind of audience hey, we're here at conferences that i've been to you always know when the controversial topics are about to be ha had so i remember sitting with a bunch of my colleagues who were phd students and we were just up the back like passing notes and stuff like crazy people <laughs> which was really professional but like basically eating popcorn and watching all the other academics fight it was amazing mm -hmm. And you've, you've noticed that there are a couple of academics who have shuffled their way to being like front and center in the audience. Um, this, this one uh, half-elf in particular who is sitting there, he's a, like a wizened professor-looking person um, who is like looking down his nose at Professor Crossed Kirkstone, his arms. Crossed his arms. Leaning back, yeah. Um, and he, he, he has a, a younger, like human, um, PhD student with like a, like a notebook and a quill ready to write things down. Potentially going to turn to Meredith and say, yes, there seems to be lots of people with lots of differing opinions in this room. Um, yeah. ought we perhaps spread out? I don't know. Such that the positive energy is coming from multiple corners of the room and not a small group. Maybe. But then... <laughs> we need to be somewhere visible. So where are we? About halfway back? Yeah, about halfway back. Well, you can always sit towards the front if you like, Meredith, and I could sit further back. It's not like Harold doesn't know we're here. That's true. But, or, you know, shouldn't we be united? We are united. No, I know, but... Mm, I don't know. I don't know, Potentia. I'm just picking up some really odd vibes. How long have we got before the, the thing's supposed to start? Just a couple of minutes. Potentia just looks at Meredith and goes, whatever you think, Meredith, and sits back, like, very much, like, plants herself in the chair that she's sitting in, if that's... Uh, all right, so Professor Kegstone off to the side with you, Harold, looking at the shift in audience. He brings up that... The handkerchief and dabs his forehead again. And, and more to himself than to you. Mm. Remember, no weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he steps out onto the stage. <laughs> <laughs>